Hello, is this thing on? Welcome to Energy 101, where smart women ask the dumb questions so men don't have to. We have our first guest today, and I'm really excited about this. Um, Kind of the behind the story of why we want to start this podcast is um, to ask questions and really understand like what people are talking about. We're tired of pretending that we know what people are talking about and um, honestly want to educate the public as well. So we know there are other people like us who want to learn more about energy, but don't have a good place to do that in digestible um, forms. So there's there's podcasts out there that will teach you um, topics. What I found in, in, in energy specifically, what I found is um, the ones that are the basics aren't really basic. They're definitely geared towards people who already have a degree in the industry mm-hmm. or have been in the industry for a while. There's language that you use that you're like, I don't know what that means. And then you have to go Google um, or the other part of it is they're boring. <laughs> we yeah. don't want to be boring. So the whole point of having a lot of us here is to have a good dynamic, make sure we're not boring, keep it entertaining and learn something. So each week we have a topic. Um, this week, our topic is all about renewables. And we have Kay McCall here. And she, I'm going to let her introduce herself because she's amazing and has done a lot of cool things. So, Kay, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, the, the hardest question of all is, is what do you do? But first, let me just say I'm <laughs> delighted and honored to be your first guest. That's fantastic. Yay. If you ever need like a guest host also, let me know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm an energy industry veteran who has worked on the oil and gas side and the renewable energy side Currently, I'm extremely passionate about what the energy industry holds for future generations. I'm a boomer, and energy is not about boomers anymore. So I would say I'm an, I'm an advocate and an evangelist for other generations getting involved in energy. And I serve on boards of both renewable energy and conventional uh, hydrocarbon-related industries, and I uh, help run a... Um, a nonprofit trade association called Renewable Energy Alliance that is very energy transition focused and with a decent influence on renewable energy. That's awesome. I think that's uh, really needed too. Um, the bo- I don't even want to call you a boomer because I don't feel like you're boomer-esque. <laughs> um, you're very not boomer-minded and I love that. I think it's definitely needed, especially in energy where everything already runs 10 years behind. Um, so kind of letting the younger generations take charge is where you find innovation. Um, So today we're going to get into renewables. Um, I guess the first question is back up and how did you get into energy in the first place? Well, I graduated from law school at the University of Houston and started as a trial lawyer. And when you were a trial lawyer in Houston in the 80s, you were somehow going to be involved most likely with either healthcare or the petrochemical and hydrocarbon industry. So I represented um, companies that were more in the petrochemical and hydrocarbon industry, ultimately got hired from from being a trial lawyer to be an in-house lawyer for a gas processing engineering and construction company. 
Um, and that was my first, that was my first uh, foray into it. And that put me heavily into gas processing and compression, et cetera. That's cool. And then you were just ready to dive in. Well, you know, and it was, it, you know, there was a career path in Houston that you could kind of move between different technologies and nobody really thought about it. So I went from doing that. I did uh, three years in Enron and got my Enron badge. And when I did that, I went from working on the, the gas side to working on the power side because at Enron, they were like smart people can figure out anything. And the fact that you'd never worked in the power industry wasn't a problem. They said, go figure it out. And you went and figured it out. So I've worked on the power side and the hydrocarbon side. And then ultimately, um, after Enron, I went to work at GE, worked on the power side and the oil and gas side there. And then after that, went to work for a wind energy company, ultimately became the CEO of that, mm-hmm. and uh, so ran a wind energy company on the East Coast for eight years. And uh, when that company sold, moved back to Houston because that's, that's home for me. Mm. I have a question. This might be the first dumb question, um, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean by power side? So that's electrons, right? So the power side is electricity. So everything related to how you get from once the electron is created and how you get it into your uh, iPhone. Okay. And then the other side of it would be like petroleum. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. So I guess we're going to go into what we want to learn today, which is we're going to start super basic Basic. Mm -hmm. and just what are renewables? So renewable energy, you'll find people will have different definitions of it, but basically it's a non-depletable resource, right? So unlike hydrocarbons, which are depletable, energy that doesn't deplete like solar, like wind, and like some other technology, some will put nuclear, will put nuclear in that. So that was the original way it was used. It was based on whether it was an, an depleting resource or not. Now it's used a lot of times to just refer to something that has a, you know, zero, zero emissions or low emissions. Yeah, I think that's kind of where the confusion comes in. Some, I think that energy has been so politicized that it's almost like a political word when you say renewables and it's often grouped and people like myself, I would just be like, oh yeah, renewables. And I just thought of solar, wind. That might've been all I knew until I was like, I actually want to know what are all of them? Yeah. So there's hydro, um, that you get the, um, hydro, like what comes from dams, geothermal is, uh, often considered to be renewable. Now you've got like, uh, they call it renewable natural gas or biogas, which is Mm -hmm using gas which comes off a landfill and cleaning that up and using that. So it, it's it's a term that you shouldn't feel bad about not knowing what it is because it's used really loosely now. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember about six months ago, I <laughs> didn't know that the Hoover Dam was what it is, like a hydro facility. I don't know what you yeah. call it, but Hydroelectric um, facility, yeah. Yeah, I had no idea that's what dams were used for. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of wonder, and maybe it's because I'm so ingrained, because being from Midland, I am very ingrained in oil and gas, that anything else is just like, oh, I didn't know that existed. 
But it also brings up the point how many other people out there yeah, don't know. Don't realize like that's actually Hoover Dam is producing yeah. electricity for the people around it. I think there is a, you hit on a couple of things that I think are super critical. Number one, the politicization. I'm not sure I got that out right. <laughs> the polarization that came from it, that's all like in the last 15 years or so. Like 20 years ago, you didn't have it. And then it became a bit of a political football. I mean, if you, if you go back to how wind was developed in Texas, George Bush, when he was governor, he was a big proponent. I mean, that was that was on the Republican side was where wind really got going in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then over time, for stuff that would for reasons it would take too long here, it became a political issue, which is unfortunate because energy yeah, um, mm-hmm. needs to not be that. You don't use it politically; you use it right. for everything. Right. And so it hasn't it hasn't been helpful to the industry. And there are also a lot of misconceptions about. Renewable energy became a pejorative term that was used in a lot of messaging was like, oh, renewable energy, that's that stuff those hippies from California are doing. And, yeah, people don't understand that the the growth of wind industry in Texas in the the early aughts had nothing to do with that. It had all to do with natural gas prices and trying to have power that was generated from sources that weren't dependent on natural gas. Yeah, I guess that kind of goes into my question, like why renewables are such a big, important part of the energy transition and like getting people to, you know, understand that. And like, what does that mean? Yeah. And now it now what's evolved over time is the is the connection to climate change. Mm -hmm. And not that there wasn't always a faction in the industry that were connecting it to that. But in Texas, that wasn't really what was growing it. That wasn't what George Bush wasn't concerned about that when he was promoting it. Um, but, you know, the, the, the idea is you can generate electricity without combusting hydrocarbons. And so you don't have those emissions. Now, you still have other impacts. And then, I mean, and, and that's one thing people like to talk about is like, oh, but what about this or what about that? as something that's not a benefit to re- to different types of renewable energy. And that's going to be true about any source of energy, right? All creation of energy for our use is destructive in one way or the other. But now we've got the, the large focus globally on climate change and renewable energy plays into that because you can generate electricity with minimal impact, not zero impact, minimum lesser impact on than oil on on the climate. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um this is kind of like the last question I have about renewables is storing and transporting. Is how different is that? Is it more efficient, less efficient than um oil and gas? So oil and gas, they are stored in barrels. Um they are transported through pipelines or trucks. Is it the same for renewable energy? That's the, the, the storage aspect of it. Well, most renewable energy, about every use I can think of, relates to making electricity. And then okay. once electricity is generated, electricity is moved regardless of what fuel source generated it, right? Right. The, the, the challenge with renewable energy is... It's not always what they call dispatchable, meaning unlike natural gas, 
where for the most part you can turn it on and off, you can't turn on the wind and you can't turn off, uh, you know, turn on uh, the sun, um, although it is fairly predictable. Um, <laughs> but still, it's that's that's a downside to it. And so now a big focus in the renewable energy industry is on storage and how can we, how can we, if, if the wind turbines are creating this electricity, but we don't need it, how can we store it and not, just and, and not it. use it? And yeah. then we'll have it when we need it because we can't store the wind right. per se, mm -hmm. like you can gas or oil. So gas and oil and coal, both are much better advantaged in storage, they're not perfect. I mean, we saw that when natural gas doesn't like like super cold temperatures and there are other things that make it a little bit more of a challenge, but it's mm -hmm. still always gonna be more reliable um, than wind and solar. So the question is, how do, you, how do you store that energy so that you can use it when you need it? Mm -hmm. Right now, you've got batteries, but they have pluses and minuses, but there are a lot of things that are coming coming down the pipe on that. But yeah, there's still a lot of questions to be answered. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's good. Um, so you're ve you're heavily involved in Houston. How do you see Houston kind of playing a role in energy transition? And like you said, being pro energy, um, not just pro oil and gas. How do you see Houston playing a part in that? So Houston has to be the energy capital of the future. But what that means is we have to be accepting and supportive of all the forms of energy that can be a part of that future. Um, in Houston, the energy transition so far has meant hydrogen and carbon capture. Both of those are great, but there is no renewable energy capital anywhere, and it should be Houston. And we hopefully will get to where we have an employee base that's fluent in all different aspects of energy. And as we work to break down the polarization, because we have to not have this idea that, that oil and gas is bad, and we have to not have the idea that renewable energy is bad, but that energy is important and we need to find the way forward. But over time, I mean, uh, all most thoughtful people believe that there will be a decline in production in oil and gas. There's arguments about how long it's going to be. But meanwhile, we want to be growing every other form of energy. And it should be. We've got the best people. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of company, renewable energy companies that have selected Houston to grow because of the oil and gas talent pool, because it's it's proven that the, this, is, you know, this is extremely talented group of people in the Houston area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it, it, to me, it has to be Houston. It needs to be Houston. I agree. It mm -hmm. feels very much like that. Um, and is, I might, I might like have be making this up completely, but isn't Texas one of the top like wind producers? Yes. Okay. Yes. And Houston was an early mover again, going back to the Bush era. Um, and Texas has a great wind resource, and it was very welcoming to the wind industry early on. And it's got, back in the early 2000s, 2001, 2, 3, around then, was really growing a lot of, a, a lot of wind here. 
That's very cool. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks so much for all of that information. Like I'm, this is really exciting for me just to be able to learn all of the stuff that I wanted to know, but yeah, maybe have been afraid to ask in the past. But we're going to move into our last section of the episode, Rapid Fire. So we have three questions we want to ask you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Awesome. I'm ready. What is the number one misconception about the energy industry? That it's one industry. Number two, why should I care about the energy industry? Because everything in your life is impacted by energy. From every relationship you have, whether it's a grandparent, a dog, an employer is impacted about by the availability of energy. And everything is up for discussion in the energy industry. And you want to be a part of that and not just let other people decide it for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And the last one, what is your most embarrassing story in your career? I'm, I am proud to say that I completely flush out every embarrassing <laughs> moment that I have ever had in my career. And I've, you know, somebody asked me once, because I've made a lot of career transitions, they're like, how did you ever get over the fear of failure? And I do that by not, um, I just like completely flush them out and I need your secrets. Mm -hmm. I, I love that answer because um, I just graduated college. So I'm very, very early off in my career. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my career. Just yeah. flush it out. Pretend like it never, <laughs> it never happened. happened. It never happened. Yeah. And let me just say, I do a lot of my career to the fact that there were no cell phones or cell phone mm -hmm. cameras in yeah. the first <laughs> you know, 15 years of my career. Yeah. I mm -hmm. guess you always got to be thinking there's a camera watching. Yeah. You. So it's yeah. easier to forget it when nobody has photographic yeah. evidence. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kay, for coming on for our first episode of Energy 101. We're really um, happy and appreciative of you. Um, where can our followers find you on social? LinkedIn. Kay McCall on LinkedIn. That's the best place to find me. Awesome. Well, thanks, everyone, so much. And uh, we'll catch you next time. <laughs>